Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary in Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Oh, thank God you're here. We have a show to do. And we got another great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is a very funny comedian. Her new special is called Baseline Presentable, which you can see free on YouTube. And her name is Erin McGuire. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join that conversation. We would love to have you. And our super fan shout-out is for Vicky. Say hi to Vicky, everybody. Hey, Vicky. Vicky, Mark sends his best. And, of course, Vicky, if uh, if Phil was here, he would say he's having a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll t- I think he'd actually say hello. He would say hello. But, uh, yeah, the reason Mark's not here is we're actually recording this Sunday night. I am in Chicago. I just finished uh, a show at the Improv. Uh, and the wife and I are doing this. And Vicky came to see me at the Improv. And she gave me a bunch of cookies. And she gave us cookies for the dog, honey. Oh, that's and, so nice. And she Thanks, gave Vicky. she gave me these. Look at those. Jets, Jets, Jets. New York Jets socks. And they just beat Miami today. So and cool. they covered. They Not only did one, they covered. And I took them. So, yeah, things are starting to turn around for Uncle Adam. Look at that. You know what? That might be lucky socks now. Yeah. There you go. And Chicago is great. One of my, one of my favorite stops. Uh, and I really wish Phil was in a better mood. Uh, he's in a little distress. What else is new, Adam? Yeah, I know. Uh, I'll, I'll play this for you. Where the hell have you been? I, I had the plumber here, man. I clogged the toilet. <laughs> yeah, he clogged the toilet. <laughs> Th- that's already embarrassing. And on a ship, I don't know. Yeah, he clogged the toilet on a ship. I think when they call a plumber, he's got to show up in a raft. Like he's got to row on or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, those bathrooms are so small usually. Mm. And, and I, Phil has a big I, ass. I get it. I know. I mean, it's it's... It's a ship, so the plumbing, that's got to be a mess. Yeah. Well, here's the, the rest of the conversation. How much bran have you eaten? It has nothing to do with that. I just, you can't flush the wet wipes on a ship, I guess. Yeah. You flush the wet wipes. No, you're never supposed to flush the wet wipes. Well, you know that. Apparently, know, Phil doesn't. Everybody knows that. Phil doesn't. Oh, goodness. That's a big lesson to learn. Yeah. So you're still wiping yourself with baby wipes. Oh, my God. They're not baby wipes. They're moist towelettes, all right? And they're for grown people. Right? <laughs> just, just, just because you don't have a nice relationship with your ass doesn't mean I can't be comfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a hard time. Baby wipes. Yeah, he's wipes, baby wipes. It's like, you know, it's, it's like I, I, I think he actually pays a lady to come over to hold up his ankle and powder his little bottom. I think that's what. <laughs> that's some sort of fetish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something else, Adam. But no, baby wipes are good to use. I use them on the dogs. Yes, you do. Yeah. Clean. 
Everybody needs to be clean, right, Adam? Yes, and apparently they, they're using the same wipes as Phil. <laughs> okay. All right. I like, I use them. They're nice. I don't get swamp ass. So the guy came, and what happened? I don't know. He knocks on the door. I'm in the tub. I'm in the tub when he comes over. He's in the tub. I don't get this. How can he be in the tub if he has a stuffed off toilet? He, he, he stopped up the toilet. Apparently, it was too much for him. He's like, you know what? I need a bath. What? Either that or he wants the, the plumber to come over and go, listen, before you get to the toilet, can you come in here and loofah my stretch marks? Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. You have all these scenarios with him. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say, it's just not logical. No. Clog a toilet. Yeah. You got to fix it before you move on. That's all I'm saying. This Look, we are of the same mind, honey. I would do the same thing. <laughs> First thing you do is you stop the water flow so it doesn't flood. So then once you do that, you just look for a plunger. If there's no plunger, get a wire hanger, undo the wire hanger, make yourself a little snake and get in there and, and just pull out what, what's clogging it up. And so then, you're saying get in there, rope your sleeves, do it yourself. I'm saying fix it. Yeah. You clog the toilet, fix it. All right. But you don't so, do this. You don't call a plumber and go, you know what? I'm going to draw a bath. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a princess move. You think? Yeah. Princess yeah. Phil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're taking a bath? I was taking a bath. <laughs> they have the spa, tree, little bubble stuff. They had, it's nice. It's a luxurious cruise line. <laughs> I was taking a nice velvety bath. <laughs> You're a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> a velvety bath. A velvety bath. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dope. Yeah. Whatever, man. The guy shows up while I'm in the bath. I was like, oh, really? Really? You called him from the tub, Liza? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, because I couldn't because the toilet was clogged and it started smelling. I had to get out. <laughs> That's why he called, because it started smelling. He's laying in the tub. There's a phone next. Picture one of those little princess phones laying next to him. And he's like, I can't stand this smell. It's screwing up my velvety bath. Can you send the man over, please? And he's in the bathtub. Oh, my gosh. He just set himself up for failure. That's all he did. You know? And I put my robe on. I answer the door. And there you are in a robe. Yeah, my robe. Yeah. Like fucking Liberace taking a bath. He answers the door in a robe. <laughs> and the plumber's in the bathroom, looks over and sees all the bubbles. Yeah, so then what happened? So he fixes it finally, then he shows me why it's clogged. Like, he shows me the wet wipes. He shows them to me. Look, look at this. Just, just throw them out. I don't need to see proof. I believe you. <laughs> you know, the guy's scolding me. You can't put, you can't flush, do you? What are you yelling? What do you own the cruise line? Just fix the fucking toilet. <laughs> Oh, my God. There's always an issue. There's always something. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was shaming him with wet wipe, but... I would. I'm sure he's never going to do that again. I would. I, I would bring these wet wipes. i go, was this you? <laughs> I feel bad for the plumber for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Auntie Mame, you can't flush this stuff down the toilet. <laughs> too funny look there's obviously something wrong with his diet <laughs> yeah that's the reason <laughs> yeah 
But I, that's, I want to take this opportunity to thank my wife. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. I don't Be, know why. Because the diet you have me on makes, makes everything coming out so much better. <laughs> Is it pert? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, you know what? It just, it's, it, it, it's a pleasure to poop. How's that? <laughs> I actually, and I can't believe I'm saying this. It actually came up in the conversation with Erin McGuire. What? It did. Lovely, Adam. Yes, and she, she's, she's very funny, and I really enjoyed talking to her. So, so if you take anything from this episode, please remember, what goes in must come out. And always be a friend to your ass. <laughs> and don't flush the wipes. And don't flush the wipes. Yes, yes, words to live by. <laughs> yeah. But I really enjoyed us uh, talking to Aaron. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Baby wipes and so-called flushable wipes are increasingly being flushed down toilets, but very often these wipes contribute to sewer and drain clogs. Unlike toilet paper, most wet wipes are made from non-woven materials that take a long time to disintegrate in water, and that's a problem. Just because you don't have a nice relationship with your ass doesn't mean I can't be comfortable. <laughs> okay. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am in no mood for this crap. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I've got some stand updates for you. Tomorrow night, October 14th and 15th, I will be at the Draft House in Arlington, Virginia. October 20th through the 22nd, I will be at the Comics Roadhouse at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut. October 29th, I will be at the Keswick Theater in Pennsylvania. And November 25th through the 27th, I will be back at the Tempe Improv in Tempe, Arizona. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, if you can make the show, you know I I want to thank you. Come up after the show and let me shake your hand. All right, go on. Get out of here. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting. It's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an actor, writer, and stand-up. Her new special is called Baseline Presentable, and it's available to you on YouTube right now. She got her first laugh at six years old at a tiki bar in a Kmart. She performed in an abandoned Sears parking lot, and she cried during her TED Talk. <laughs> I did. I did. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Erin McGuire. How are you, pal? 
I'm good, baby. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for coming out. I'm very happy to be here. And by coming out, you mean coming down to my basement where I have recreated my childhood, which is a large tiki bar. Is it? Yeah, I was going to ask because that when I read that you got your first laugh at a tiki bar in in a in a Kmart, I'm like, there's a story. So <laughs> it meant a lot to you. So you bought it. Tell me what happened. I, I just felt like you know why not keep reliving the trauma <laughs> <laughs> and drinking this time legally, you uh, know. Yeah, it's 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 tough to put a nipple on a bottle of gin. You know, it's it's frowned so, upon. But we public. try. You yes. know, in my family, we're Irish. We're like, let's just start them young and let's just keep them there. What's this little one's name? Her name is Tangeray. <laughs> and who's he? Jameson. <laughs> we have the whole collection. <laughs> so tell me a story. You're six years old. You're. I didn't even know they had tiki bars in the Kmart. But what happened? Uh, you know, this was all kind of told to me after the fact, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, the electroshock treatments got rid of some of these memories. <laughs> and uh, but my, my parents, we went to a Kmart because, yeah, we were high rollers, big spenders. Right. And they were like selling all these weird little portable bars. Mm-hmm. And, and I just walked up to one and I stepped up behind it and I threw my hand down on the on the counter. And I just yelled, belly up to the bar <laughs> and a whole bunch of. Strangers laughed and, and nobody took me uh, to prison. Nobody took my parents to prison. Nobody took me to child protective services. So, yeah, first laugh right there. Baby's first laugh at a Kmart. And then, you know, to go full circle during the pandemic, I performed in an abandoned Sears. Yeah. Tell me how that happened, because I, I did some weird some weird gigs during the pandemic as well. That was one of the highlights, I think, of all the weird. If, if there was like a bathroom that was offering time, I was taking it. Sure. And that was the thing in New York. You're like, who books that bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you work the bathroom, you can't work the kitchen. So you got to make a choice. Yeah. Where where was the Sears located? The Sears was it was it was in the parking lot of an mm. abandoned Sears in somewhere in New Jersey. I want to say like Woodbridge, New Jersey. Mm. And it had this amazing lineup. It was like me and. I like that I put myself right in good, the front of Erin uh, Jackson, mm-hmm. Ophira Eisenberg. Sure. You know, just like good name comics. And it was so cold, too. It was like windy and you're in the elements. And there's just a huge screen that's projecting you and they're listening to you on your radio. And then, like, you know, your, your soul leaves your body and looks <laughs> down and says, remember this moment. Yeah. Because... It's not going to last forever. Yeah, but I mean, that's what we had to do. I mean, even even moving out to California, where I am now from New York, it's like the stage time is just gone. You know, it's just that you don't yeah. get the stage time like you get in New York. And we start twitching, you know, if we can't if we can't do stand up, you know. Yeah. It makes you go, uh, uh, something's wrong. I'm not doing what I need to do. Yeah. You know, it. And New York's a better city anyway, because there's there's more inspiration. There's more things going on in New York. And you're out in you're out amongst the people here. You're in your car and you're just yelling at others. And it's it's not the same. But New York is still kind of doing that here. Yeah. Yeah. But New York gives you inspiration everywhere. You got a great joke about Central Park. I want to play. I was in Central Park. I love Central Park. It is the one place you can see people doing meth and Tai Chi. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't tell the difference. Like, what's that guy doing? Standing crane? No, no, he's just been trying to pick up that napkin for the last three days. <laughs> I've seen that. They have the Tai Chi circles. 
Oh, my God. Absolutely. And that was us in the pandemic. We all did shows in Central Park. Mm-hmm. So I got a whole load of material from that. Mm-hmm. You write about you're you're a confessional comic as well. So you'll, you'll take from your environment and your life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like hearing that because I never know whenever anybody's like, what's your style of comedy? And I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, you're a, Just tell them I'm a confessional comic. It, it looks like you've considered it and you know what you're talking about. It's all, you know. Ferrara says I'm a confessional comic. Yeah, that's what you are. I trust the man. Trust Ferrara. <laughs> and you got a great food joke. I wish I could be gluten free. I-, I am not rich enough to have dietary restrictions. <laughs> oh, the more ingredients they take out, the more expensive it becomes. I did see a brownie the other day that was sugar free, dairy free, fat free, nut free, and I thought, oh God, just shit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> At least it'll be organic, you know? I did try doing the Whole30. That's when you take out sugar, grain, alcohol, dairy. It's supposed to teach you something about yourself. And the only thing that I learned is that without those four things, I am a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, my wife is, she's, we have organic food. She's very health conscious. And the thing about organic means they do less stuff to it. There's no pesticides, but they charge you more, which is the same business model my uncle has been doing for years. Going, This is nice fruit. Be ashamed if something happened to it. (laughs) it's it's basically we're all falling for multi-level marketing on some you know on some plane of existence yeah and i am a sucker for it Mm -hmm. i am a sucker for a product that says something free like fat free dairy free no i'm a i'm a target yeah well i I always say empower the word power if you put the word power in front of urine i'd be like i should drink that power urine yeah power urine i mean it's got to have some you know, you feel it going in, you feel it coming out. <laughs> I'm a target for that kind of uh, advertising. So I make fun of it, but I 100% eat it, drink it, live it. Yeah, because it feels like you're missing out on something or I should be doing something better for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, and it's it, all it, that it, diet. The other thing that, well, the thing that really annoys me is my wife has me on all this stuff and I, I feel better. My nose is cold. My coat is shiny. So I really can't bitch and moan. You know? <laughs> what about your stool, Adam? Oh, I am on a probiotic diet. I eat raw sauerkraut. <laughs> Almost a clean break every time. There, I see. <laughs> Call them like you see them. That's Just it. insides out. The insides good bugs out, in my baby. system. You know? Oh, God. Yeah. God but, bless you. But yeah, you got to, you know, you got to take care of yourself. And if you... Here's the thing. It's, 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 it's like I notice the difference when I go on the road because, you know, first of all, I'm left unattended, which is never a good idea. Yeah, I know. There's no leash on you. Yeah, And access to the stuff that I have here isn't available, you know, so I got to eat. No, it, if you're in Indiana, these people don't, you know, middle America doesn't fall for the same stuff that I do when I'm standing in Brooklyn. I'd be like, you know what? I should brew, brew my own kombucha. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for it. But then you go like go anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, or Chick-fil-A. <laughs> when I saw you in New York, first of all, thank you for coming to the show. It was nice to look over and see another soldier. You were fantastic. Oh, thank you. Can I praise you for a minute? Do you mind? If you must. If you must. It is your podcast. You know what's awesome to watch? I mean, somebody who obviously you've been in the game for a minute mm-hmm. you are very you are so good at what you do oh. but what i also noticed is that you are able to conduct an audience like a music director 
you can bring people up and make them calm down and you have really like sentimental moments sort of like laced in and then it's like all right back to fart jokes (laughs) and people pivot and they're with you and you have them in the palm of your hand and i just (gasps) i look at that and i'm like oh you know when you see a comic that you're like that i want that i want to do that ah you're very that's kind. fantastic you're very kind thank you if I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to to be able to hold someone's attention I, I should you know try and say something that helps yeah you know? yeah so well I, I'm gonna push back a little bit that the, that that you want that I believe you have that you did a TED talk yeah that was nuts that's like that's like <laughs> smart people shit you did a TED talk <laughs> sometimes some of us get in through the back door All right, well now I want to hear this whole story you did a TED talk Tell, t- yeah, tell me everything. And the TED talk was and it was on um, a joy drought, I believe, was the title. Yeah, uh, it's funny. There's actually a couple comics who have done TED talks mm-hmm. and uh, we all have very different approaches. But um, yeah, it, it was totally a fluky thing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because all this stuff, my album, the TED talk, all this stuff happened in April and it's all come out within the last two weeks. Right. So all the chickens that I, all the seeds I planted in April are, are sprouting now, which is cool. But the Ted talk was, uh, you know, I just post schmucky things on, on Instagram, Facebook, like we all do. And this gal that I, I knew in high school was like, you should do a Ted talk on joy. And I was like, ha ha. And then she private messaged me and she goes, no, no, no. I work for Ted. You really should. So you have to like, basically audition for it in a mm-hmm. bit of a way you have to apply and you have to say here's what it would be like and they always have these tedx arenas you know it's like a smaller branch of ted mm-hmm. they always have themes and this one was joy it was a joy theme so when i pitched it originally i said well you know i knew a bunch of people were going to write in and be like joy of food joy of tv joy mm-hmm. of something and i was like joy drought because I thought in 2020, nobody could get more miserable. This was in February of 2020. I said this. Hmm. There was a lot so going said, on. Yeah, but it, was, but it was before everything happened. Like hmm. the very, it was like January, February, before we really knew what, you know, hmm. what was about to hit the fan. And so I just said, oh, I think people can't get more miserable. And I think comedians are going to be on the forefront of fighting this joy drought. So hmm. I pitched this whole thing. And then the world collapsed. Yes. So I was supposed to do it in 2020 and then 2021. And then finally it came around in 2022. And because I am a professional procrastinator, <laughs> that's really more what I do. That's why it's down to the wire McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Okay. I had, I had pitched this idea. I think I'm going to stick with this idea. Yeah. You know, and so I worked on it and I made it really funny and sticky and had pictures because you can do like a whole PowerPoint mm-hmm. presentation. And I'm working on it. I'm at New York Comedy Club and I'm working with my friend Maggie, just just standing on the stage five o'clock in the afternoon. And I started to do it. <laughs> I finished my 10. I was like, ta-da! and she just had like no reaction to it. <laughs> so we just sat down and we started to talk. And we just I was just talking about the ideas of there was a center of of an idea of a TED talk that I didn't know was going to be the thing that sort of broke me open. Mm-hmm. And it was when um, I just started to talk to her about what it was like to do comedy in the pandemic and how 
it helped me get back to myself and why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk about it, I get emotional because it's like it was such a bizarre conversation to have where I was like, I was happy because everything shut down. And we know, like, especially in this industry, but like globally more than ever, there's so much noise and so much static that happens and so much needing to keep up. And mm-hmm. are you posting enough this? Are you doing enough that? Are you pushing this hard? And when, when all of it was taken away and it was like this great level playing field, I suddenly went and I, I was able to become a better person, but more than anything like a better stand up because I took away all of the comparison. Mm-hmm. which you know is is the thief of joy yeah and and we just started to talk about it and i started to like cry as i was talking about it and she was like well i think this is your ted talk yeah and i was like oh crap because it was two days before so i burned the whole thing to the ground mm-hmm. and i called up the good people from ted and i was like if you trust me i'm going to change my whole thing mm-hmm and I got in the day of the TED and I just sat in a dressing room and I just wrote some ideas on my hand. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to go in and I'm going to wing it. And so everything you see in the TED talk is not planned at all. Mm-hmm. I just took a couple of pictures from what existed before my PowerPoint presentation. I was like, if I click through them, you can see like I wanted to show them. I know I wanted to show them like what it was like to do comedy in the pandemic because we were on dangerous rooftops yeah. and you know and parking lots and stuff like that and and then it just became a talk where i was like i don't know what's going to happen for the next 15 16 minutes so i just pulled the trigger and let it rip <laughs> so i didn't know what was going to happen and i got emotional like crazy emotional during it which we don't do, like i don't know i don't know i mean i've seen your stand-up you have this incredible heart in what it is you're saying but i think we're very manicured rehearsed you know yeah well one thing i liked about we know what's coming yeah one thing i liked about the ted talk is when you did reach that moment i could see you didn't know you were going to well up and it was it was what i the moment you welled up was a universal truth about removing judgment you know the first step in any spiritual evolution is to remove judgment uh, because mm-hmm, you're you're mm-hmm. you're looking at things of what they are rather than through your 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 perceived self, you know. So yeah, and I think that's that's the connection I'm going for, and I think all comics subconsciously are going for is that that laughter because laughter is a reflex, you know. We we want to be mm-hmm. in that that unfettered moment, and that that that's where the unity comes from. We're all laughing in that split second. You've had a reflex of something I said, and uh, we are all connected in that moment, and, and then all all your bullshit kicks in after that if that makes any sense oh yeah absolutely and that was the weirdest thing i was like i talk about leaving your body i just left my body and i just was like we're gonna see where this goes yeah and you know for those 16 minutes i i didn't you know judgment and creativity i feel like can't exist in the same space and Mm -hmm. it was the first time that i ever was like i'm just gonna let it fly and it's funny i got off stage and i was like sick to my stomach Really? I had such a reaction. I called up my husband and I was like, I don't know what just happened, mm. well, but I, I'm going to find out. Yeah. I left my body and I realized I, when I was looking down, I realized I have a big ass. 
I left my body. I looked down and I realized I need to get my roots done. <laughs> you got a great joke about ghosts. I want to play that connects to what we're talking about. <laughs> I have a weird fear of ghosts. I feel like they're going to possess me. It's a strange thing. Two things my friends know about me. I'm scared of ghosts and I have bad self-esteem. So I'm afraid a ghost will enter my body, but I'm more afraid he'll be disappointed. <laughs> Thank you. And you, you, you bought a house that's haunted and you didn't know it. Is that true? You want to know where I'm sitting right now is where the guy died. Stop it. He died of the tiki bar? Was the tiki bar there? <laughs> yes. And I want to believe that he's happier now. Okay. That people are drinking around him. We didn't know this right. at all. Like, and I don't think, I think if somebody gets murdered in a house, mm-hmm. then the realtor's got to tell you. But if somebody just dies, what are you going to do? Yeah. And uh, we had a Christmas party and a neighbor came over and we had, you know, turned this place into a bar mm-hmm. like you do when sure. you're in Jersey. What else are you going to do? Right. And uh, she comes in, she goes, wow, this looks so different. And I said, oh, yeah, what was it before? And she was like, well, hospice care. And I was like, wait, really? And he goes, she goes, yeah, Oscar died right there. And she pointed to where my friend was standing. And he literally was like, oh, it just slowly walked away. So he now I where my podcast takes place is here at this table and uh, where I come to you live right now, live. Sorry, the operative Oscar. word, yeah. There's sort of guy died right there. And so you find this out. Did you call the realtor and go, oh, hey, wait. Hey, pal, you didn't tell us about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I Everybody just went, oh, oh, my God. Right. And so from that point on, and I, I want to write more about what it is to find out, you know, your house is, is haunted. I didn't. I, I, if he's here, he's very chill and he's very happy because he's not kicking up sand. But every now and then I do smell cigarette smoke for no reason. Really? Okay. So, yes. So, but there's been no incidents where you just like, is it Oscar? Knock it off. No, he hasn't flicked. I swear to God, if like suddenly the Zoom connection was lost right now, I'd wet my pants. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm ready for it and I don't want it to have fate. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't played any tricks. Nothing's moved around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Oscar the friendly ghost. Okay. Then take it. <laughs> I, would, I would have a lot of anxiety. I really would. Really? You couldn't live in a place where you knew somebody died? Well, I, I, it's not that I couldn't live in a place. I couldn't live in my mind knowing somebody died. My mind would just start storytelling about the whole thing, and then I would imagine shit, and then I would have to investigate shit. And then I, mm-hmm. I know the way my mind works. It's like it, it's a gift and a curse of what we do, Aaron. Like if, when you're riffing on stage, you know, that's that's my state of grace. That's the purest expression of me. That's when I'm connected to it's coming through me. It's not coming from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But sometimes when you get, you know, when when you get, I used to get panic attacks, a, a negative thought would come through me and then all that storytelling would start and I couldn't control it. So it was like riding a runaway horse, you know? Yeah, you're channeling. Yeah. Great. I'm channeling yeah. doom. That's what I need. <laughs> I'm the doom channel comic. Yeah. Uh, so I had to learn my, how to, you shit. know, to, to, oh, that's just a thought, not not to engage or identify with that, but to allow it to come through me when I'm on stage, if that makes and any sense. And to not, yeah, exactly. And to sort of like not give it too much yeah. weight. Yeah, not give it too yeah. much power. Because uh-huh, of course, uh-huh. it's anxi- I mean, we all got ang- the anxiety we have. Uh, I think people, everyone has anxiety. It's just how many people acknowledge and recognize it. You got a great joke in your act about it. But now yeah. everyone has an anxiety disorder. 
Welcome. <laughs> Some of us have been here a while. Welcome to anxiety. I'm showing them around like they're new. I'm like, that's your crying corner. Here's your weighted blanket. If you need anything, I'm going to be scrubbing the skin off my fingers till I look like I'm in the body's exhibit. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. I got, I got the weighted blanket, too. I do. You acknowledge your anxiety. Let me ask you this, because you, mm. you come from uh, you're, you're from Boston. Was there a, a dressing of the anxiety in the family? Because I didn't grow up that way in New York. Absolutely not. No. And I feel like we have very similar. You're like the Italian male version of my Irish female self. Mm. It. We are from the same. They're very similar families where it's like, uh, you know, I always say I'm from Boston, so I've never been hugged. <laughs> we, we are a town of people who will not cry at a funeral, but will weep in the streets if the socks lose. Yeah. Mark, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. He's like, oh, it's all right. Socks lost to the Jays. I know, but they put up a hell of a fight. <laughs> we don't process emotions. People, th- therapy was never an option. No. Drugs, never an option mm-hmm. as a kid. And I had crippling OCD. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I was a hand washer. It was great. Oh, God. Now That's why I didn't feel a blip when this thing happened, because I was like, you guys, <laughs> I've been washing my hands like this, like a psycho for years. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. It's, it's funny. I sort of had to learn to deal with it or to, even as a kid, I mm. knew that it was bad. I was a hand washer and like a ritual counter. You I, know? I used to do the counting. That, that, that kind of went away. I used to do the counting. Yeah, and I love that. I don't know what your OCD was like, but I it was I was the center of my world where it's like if I didn't touch this thing ten times, you know, some so and so would die. Oh, okay. And like talk of like that's how big the stakes were in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you like touch something ten times, you're like, congratulations, I just saved your life. Yeah, and if, you're welcome. <laughs> Not even a thank you, nothing. You ungrateful prick. Yes, rude. But I, I, it's um, I had it when I was a kid, and it seems to have sort of mellowed out, especially as a kid in Boston. They, they were just like, you're being weird. Yeah, yeah. The coping mechanism. Like, I had the counting, but I didn't know what it was, and then that kind of subsided. But I, I remember distinctly having to do the counting and, and, and doing yeah. something a couple of But as I grew up, it was... I, I think what happened was I got so much, so many other things wrong with me, I didn't have time to pay attention to it. Because I... <laughs> Because I'm dyslexic and I have ADD, and there was there was so many other things I had I had to deal with. That uh, like we got to put this counting on the back burner. Yeah, I, I don't got it's... time to count. I got to worry about shit. <laughs> yeah, and for me, the hand washing was just a pain in the ass. Well, yeah. After a while, I was like, God, it's so hard to find a good sink to cry by. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you didn't know that there was anything wrong. It was you're being weird. That's all it was. Yeah, I you, just knew that I was weird. Yeah, your your parents like Mike. There's no therapy. There's no talking to anybody. You don't do that in my family. You know. You no. Know? There's yeah. no feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Pop, I'm not happy. Welcome to Earth. You know that was it. <laughs> None of us are. Yeah. What are you kidding me? You got a no, great. No, we jo- just never had it. No, but you got a great joke about what you think the cause of your anxiety is. I kid of the 80s we invented anxiety because we grew up playing operation (laughs) a board game where children have to operate on a man who's wide awake (laughs) and no one thought that'd be a problem i talk to kids now like i'm a salty war vet i'm like you think video games are violent 
You ever remove a man's heart with a pair of tweezers? (laughs) While he stared at you? Going, ah! Yeah, that made that made me laugh out loud because I remember that game. That was the most potential for anxiety is is wasn't really board games for me. It was being called on to read in class. That, oh wow! And you dealt with it by becoming a stand-up. Yeah, never read, <laughs> never read. I would always make a joke about it. All right, Adam, sit down. You know, because because what I found out was the teacher wouldn't throw me out if the if the people were, if the kids were laughing because because she, she would look awful. You know, if she if she threw me out while they were laughing. So as long as I'm I was killing, you. I didn't have to read. <laughs> so to this day, are you nervous if you don't kill in a room? Yeah, I know. I'm more nervous if I have to read something. Like my wife will say, did you read the email? No, read it to me. I, I know my glasses. I'm Aaron. I'm wearing my glasses as she's saying that to me. <laughs> but I will say that. Read it to me. I, I put all the books. I, I, I read. I still read books, but it's not enjoyable. I got it's work for me. So I have an audible account. So I listen to books. I listened to books before it was cool. I had the big orange cassette recorder. They gave the blind kids. I had that. <gasps> Oh my God! Yeah. Was it because of that? Well, the dyslexia, right? Yeah. So you got Ajita if they were coming towards you, being like, "Oh my God, I'm going to have to process words." Yeah, yeah, I got away wow. with a bunch of shit because, like, they gave us IQ tests, and apparently, my mother knows this story. My son has is genius level, you know, because she can't accept. <laughs> so apparently, I got I got, a, I got a decent IQ where they said, "Well, well, he he has the potential. What's wrong with him? Well, he has he has this thing called dyslexia. We're not quite sure what it is." Do you have one of the big orange tape record? Take it from the blind kid. They can't see it. <laughs> They'll never miss it. They'll never In fact, miss they it. won't even know that you took it out of the room. Yeah. So that that's, yeah. How, I, that's how I dealt with stuff before they knew how to deal with stuff. Well, if you like Audible, I've done the audio book. I know. I was going to ask you the next like... thing. You've done, you've done that stuff, too. Yeah, but I have a very niche market, which is uh, Harlequin romance novels. Oh, old lady yeah. porn. Yeah, exactly. You think it's old lady porn, but truck drivers listen to it the most. Truck driving porn? Yes, truck dri- Good old. When you get a delivery from Amazon, I just want you to think oh. about who is behind the wheel and what they are listening to. And they, if they are listening to Ellery James, because that's my <laughs> fake name, right? talk trash to you. I mean, when you sound like B. Arthur, there's not a lot of options for you. I, guess. <laughs> I tried to... I, I did so many. I've done like six or seven Harlequin romance novels with Audible. And I was like, when are you guys going to move me up to children's book? Do you get to choose what books that you uh, that you uh, that you narrate? No, no. they they say, um, according to your voice, we think you would be best on this. I mean, I have friends who have won awards for it. So they've done a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. I am never going to get an award in the Harlequin category. I need to start, you know expanding my horizons and i had to audition for <laughs> like uh books on tape at congress really like yeah reading congressional books and I, I didn't book it i don't know why really can you imagine if i'm reading the constitutional law to you <laughs> <laughs> just the, i mean like i really think that i have more range than i do but let's be honest the if first amendment is the some, right to free speech let me tell you about what it is to speak in public <laughs> and your responsibilities as an american citizen you can like, speak oh your God, mind and not be thrown in jail we cannot guarantee any kind of social backlash to what you say 
They're like, is this a 1940s newsreel? I don't know what I'm listening to. <laughs> or if I just kind of defaulted to making it sexy because that's all I know from my Harlequin romance novels. Really? And I'm like, if you listen to Congressional Law 14.5, <laughs> try to wrap your mouth around that. <laughs> <laughs> they're like no 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 you're defaulting you you're gone back to harlequin yeah i'm you sorry we, we just had a truck accident on 95 i don't know what you said to these people <laughs> it sounds a lot like a harlequin romance exactly that's the weirdest thing is i was recording those during the pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, it was weird to be talking trash in my basement then walk upstairs and be like do we have any more salami <laughs> <laughs> He arrived bare-chested on horseback. I smell something! (laughs) She wrapped her creamy thighs around his. Can you bring some chips down here? I am starving. (laughs) Are you done with the pot roast? (laughs) Oh, that makes me laugh. I, I love I love the Boston accent. I have an affinity for Boston. A lot of my pals um, are from Boston, and it's it's the same kind of blue collar, rough environment, and and just what goes on it's on someone's mouth, and what's on someone's mind is just out of their mouth. So I'm very comfortable oh God, in that yeah. in that in that uh, in that environment. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Everybody in my family has the heavy accent, and mm-hmm. I love the accent. There mm-hmm. is something about it where I'm like, oh, I wish I had it. And if you give me a couple drinks, I I do. <laughs> it comes out. I always thought that I never had it, and then my parents found a videotape of me playing Annie mm-hmm. in my like elementary school or junior high. We did a production of Annie, mm-hmm. and um, I was. 500 feet tall i was five seven when i was in sixth grade <laughs> really so yeah i was i was huge i was a monster annie i was massive but the sun will come and- out tomorrow i'll grab the sun and show it to you right now here it is <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow or i'll beat it to go to the ground y'all like i looked like a thug i was i was a really heavy like a really like kind of big gangly really? annie and the my uh, guy's got yeah. the money <laughs> It's bad that I was like three heads taller than Daddy Warbuck. <laughs> I was like, come over here. I'll rest my beer on your head, kid. <laughs> and I never thought I had an accent. And then we found that video and I was like, oh, my God. So not only was I like 10 times bigger than everybody else right. on stage, I I had like a, I, I basically was Mark Wahlberg in every <laughs> Boston movie ever. I was like. I was in the fighter. I was Christian Bale in the fighter, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, y'all, Sandy, that's my dog's name, kid. Get that dog over here. The sun will come out tomorrow. You understand? <laughs> and I, I do remember that I was so big that the teacher was like, you have to crouch in your little girl dresses like you have to squat. Really? So that you'll be the same height as Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> so- there's one scene where I had to run off stage. I swear I looked Cro-Magnon. I'm the only Annie whose knuckles bled when she walked. <laughs> it was massive. It's a really uncomfortably aggressive Boston, huge Annie. Oh God, that's funny. I was yep. Aaron. One of my favorite bits, uh, and it's it, it, it's a big Boston staple, and it makes me laugh. Here's the only thing we can all agree on as a people. 
Sweet Caroline. Religions don't have that kind of organization. How much cooler would Catholicism be if they were like Body of Christ? People get so excited to make that noise. And it's universal. You could go anywhere. You go to France, you go, Sweet Caroline. A guy with a beret will drop out of the sky and be like, Le I hear that it's the seventh inning at Fenway for some reason for me. Oh yeah, it's traumatizing. Uh, and they would play it at my proms every time. Really? Yeah, you'd never seen like sixteen-year-olds get so ramped up, and you don't know why. Like they didn't know why. <clears throat> They're they- getting excited to scream "ba ba ba." I feel like something's gonna happen. It's <laughs> funny. They got uh, so excited. You make me laugh. Uh, uh, your new special is called uh, Baseline Presentable, and it is on YouTube right now. If people want to get a hold of you, Aaron, uh, on the internet. Where do they go? At Aaron McGuire Official on Instagram. That's M-A-G-U-I-R-E. So right. Aaron McGuire Official on Instagram. If you're following me, I have fun little clips and things like that, and I have a link that will take you to also my website, AaronMcGuire.com. And she is worth searching out. You are very funny, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. Best to you and your family, and stay safe, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My name is Erin McGuire, and that's 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. I liked her a lot. Yeah, she's a naturally funny person. How funny was that Tiki Bar story? Because I'm just picturing who in her family talks like that. Because you know how like children mimic... Yeah, she heard that somewhere. Someone said, belly up to the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So now I can only imagine her family. Yeah. It makes me like want to hang out with them because they're fun. Yeah. It reminded me of my Uncle Frank. You know, remember Uncle Frank and Aunt Marianne, honey? Yeah. He had had a tiki bar in the basement. Yeah. He had a tiki, a bamboo tiki bar in the basement and a pool table. And we would go down in the basement. Yeah. And that was fun. So when, when that's right where my mind went to. Especially on the East Coast, when it's wintry, you go to the tiki bar and you have like a little sunshine. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Especially for a kid, because there's a lot of drink specials on East Coast tiki bars for children. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but she was funny. She, yeah. That was a funny story. I didn't know that you had that counting thing when you were a kid. Yeah. I didn't know what it was either, but I remember I, I, I had a, I was counting. You know, what? You're a kid. You don't know anything about OCD. You just I did it, like, and then count the tiles. Yeah, you would count like a, like like I would close the. Uh, I remember vividly closing the medicine cabinet three times, and if I touched something, I had to touch something three times, and I had that for a while. And then I think I think well, like what I told Aaron, everything else started going wrong with me. I'm like, well, I got no time for this anxiety. I got another one coming. You know. <laughs> I can't have OCD and ADD. I'll forget to count stuff, you know, so. <laughs> That's funny. So you you think you grew out of it or you, you really think that it just, you moved on to other. Uh, um, Maladies? <laughs> no, I think it just stopped. I mean, I just, when she brought it up, I remember like, uh, oh yeah, I, I used to have that. And then, then it went away. I don't know. Can you grow out of it? I have no idea. Well, I know that I grew out of a lot of things because when I was little, I was very, but you think I'm bad now about having to have things in, in its place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I can't go out the door 
wait, wait, hold on. I got to do this. Hold on. I got to do this. Yeah. Hold on. I got to do this. But when I was a kid, I mean, if someone messed up my mom's rug, mm-hmm. that would drive me insane because there's a little crinkle in it. Yeah. You still have that. Well, yeah, but it, but now I kind of don't care. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get to it. Well, you still can't get out the door. I'm going to tell everybody there's a little there's a little settee by the front door. And that's when I go, honey, we got to go, which means I'm sitting there for 15 minutes with the dogs. That's what it means. Well, and I'm not straightening up the rug so much. I'm doing other things. It's it's like you said, it, it moves to other things. I don't. How does the lighting fit in? That's kind uh, of like the mood, like when I walk in um, to a room or and I just I feel calmer. It's it's ambiance. Yeah, I'm be honest. My wife has a, just just so you guys know the, the the biggest issue in our marriage is a dimmer switch and light bulbs and light bulbs. I, I when I, I turn the lights, light bulb. yeah, I don't need a light. I need to see. I just want light. I I want everything like an operating room. I want to see everything. <laughs> I do have that for you. If you've noticed, I have about five switches. If you turn them all on. It's yes, like, I know you have it. I know you design, but I don't know which one they are. There was on <laughs> off. That's all I need to do. On, and then she, <laughs> then you got these other switches in the bathroom. They slowly dim, and I can't leave the room until the friggin' light is off. I just, I want on and I want off. I don't want dimming. I'll get there. I don't want the shade coming down. I want on or off, and mostly I want off because the electric bills are killing me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true in the bathroom. It's hilarious watching you trying to turn the lights off. Yeah, and I was like, I just need on and off. I And it's in the bathroom that I use. I am so close to shitting outside with the dogs and making you wipe my ass. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. But she had it when she was a kid. She had that, and she had childhood anxiety from the operation game. <laughs> You know what? As she was telling that story, I was like, she's right. Yeah. She's right. What were they trying to teach you? Yeah. You know, operating on someone with their eyes wide open. Yeah. Taking that was, tweezers. <laughs> that was funny. Crazy. You know what gave me anxiety when I was a kid? The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That special gave me anxiety. I hated Santa Claus because he would shit on Rudolph because he was different. And Rudolph's father was trying, hide your nose, you're embarrassing us. And then, then he was cast out and everything. I was like, are you out of your... Because you're my father. And then, here's the other thing. And then Santa needed him. Well, will you help me? I'm like, you fat bastard. Are you kidding me? After what you put me through and now you need me? Do you have any idea what I would have charged Santa Claus to lead that sleigh? I go, how much you making on this once a year? Well, you have that thought out, Adam. Oh, I had the whole thing thought out. <laughs> all, I got, all I remember from that movie is like, Rudolph got to lead the sleigh. <laughs> Yeah, got to lead the sleigh. Yeah, yeah. From that movie, I got. You know what? Yeah, okay. I'll help you. It's gonna cost you, fat man. It's gonna and not toys. I want cash. Okay. <laughs> How much you making on these Norelco and Coca Cola commercials, huh? Because now you got a partner. Because if you can't deliver the toys, they're gonna hire somebody else. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Adam, that should be your TED talk. <laughs> when you're cast out, how to cash in? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. TED talk. You want a TED talk? That's it. <laughs> that's I'm I'm pitching that to TED. Listen, just because you cashed out doesn't mean you can't cash in. I'm Adam Ferrara, and this is what I want to talk to you about today. Make a profit off your pain. <laughs> 
I can't believe two days before her TED talk, she throws out what she prepared for and yeah. just winged it. Yeah, she was rehearsing it for her friend, and her friend went, mm. it's like, you're going to wear that? I'm getting married, you know? Actually, actually, that really is, that that'll, that would work on me, too. You it know, would? One little, yeah, it, someone you cared about doubted you. Mm-hmm. If you said something, I'd say, oh, crap. Right. She, I trust you. Right. So she must have trusted her friend. Yeah. And she, she apparently worked for her. So what does she call herself? Down to the wire, McGuire? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it worked for her. Yeah, she found something that, that she said broke her open, you know? Yeah. She yeah. found something. She said, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be about. And then she wrote it on her hand. She went up and she winged it. Uh, and, and she cried in the middle of it. Right? You know, right at that talk. She's up there crying. It's, it was cathartic. That, yeah. that she was on the right path. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. You know, when something hits you at, at that core. Yeah, it, 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 it moved her, you know? Yeah. I don't know if this happens to you a lot, Adam. I don't think so. But to me, you know how sensitive I am. Mm-hmm. When I start telling a story, I well up. I get I get all teary-eyed it's when something is so meaningful, even when I'm talking about the animals. I know. Even when I'm talking about a movie plot, when you come home and like, oh, I saw this great movie and I start. And I remember, I, it's like, what, I just... It was just so touching. I know. <laughs> it started welling up. I kind of feel like an idiot, but I'm like, well, you know, your mind thinks it's real, I guess, or it just could be real. I know, but you see, here's the thing. When you start crying, I think I have to fix something, and I can't fix it. Like, she's crying, <laughs> and I'm like, how am I going to deal with this? The guy died at the end. I didn't write the movie. You know, I, I can't. <laughs> and, and I'll go, here, you have to see this, Adam. You have to watch this part. I, yeah, and now, now I got to watch it, and I don't want to watch it. I got shit to do, and you know, but it's important to you. And in my head, I'm thinking, I can't let her know I don't care. I can't. I You do a good job because I actually think that you care. I know. I just, uh, I, I do it for you, honey, and I'm glad you like it. But you know, I'm watching this 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 movie, and inside, I'm like, this is killing me. I can I tell her it's killing me. <laughs> I know you get it, Adam. Love yeah, you. I know. It makes you happy. Well, you just try to save the situation. I understand. All right. You know what? This is taking way too much out of me. You know what? I need a nice velvety bath. I like to take a bath. <laughs> I want to thank Erin McGuire for being my guest. Her special is called Baseline Presentable. It's available for you free on YouTube. And honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys so much. The show is growing. Tell 48 people you know about the show. That'll help us out. And, of course, if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And we're all in this together, brothers and sisters. So please, share the road. And remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. Pod is ended. Go in peace. I just picture him answering the door in a robe like this. Hello, dear boy. Thank you so much for coming in to help me. Woo!